Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Hello and welcome back to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. My name is Dr. Lulu, a.k.a. The Mom Attrition. I'm a board-certified pediatrician and I am a mom. But in my spare time, I'm also a book writing coach, a speaking coach, and very recently, a motivational life coach. What's up with you guys? I hope it's not too cold where you are. It is October. Well, actually, you know what? It's November. It's the second day of November. And I have another Mokalicious guest with me today. And I almost want to call the last several series, last several episodes, my trauma series, because I've had coincidentally clinicians and or physicians all talking about their own struggles or their family history of trauma and suicide and just generational wealth in trauma. So I almost want to call it trauma series. Maybe we'll see about that. But without further ado, I have... Miss Stephanie Barbie with me today. And you know, she actually looks like a Barbie doll. She looks like a black Barbie doll. But yeah, I promise you it's her real last name, but it does, it's not spelled the way you think it's spelled. But she is beautiful. She's got a, just the nice popping hair, glasses popping, earrings popping. I know you guys can't see her, but I get to enjoy that. So Stephanie, without further ado, welcome, good morning, and thank you so much for joining us on Suicide Page today. What's up, girl? Good morning. Thank you for that introduction. I don't think I've ever... Can you just follow me around and introduce me like that? (laughs) I love it. And she is a licensed clinical social worker. These are God's angels, as far as I'm concerned. They are God's angels on earth. Social workers, they go literally... They remind me of during the 9-11, when the... Twin Towers were bombed or whatever, and everyone was going down and the firemen were going up. That's what social workers are. They go where no one really wants to go, right? Do you think think that's about, that that just came to me, but really. That is, I I couldn't have worded it better myself. I'm like, we're the firefighters of mental health. I love that. You know what? That's going to be the title of your episode. I'm writing. Love it. <laughs> so, who? Where do you want to start, baby girl? 
Oh, well, I guess we should start at the beginning, which is that. Start, yes. <laughs> you know, that's what they say is they're supposed to start at the beginning. Mm. So um, my story at the beginning is that when I was six months old, my dad um, died by suicide by jumping off of a bridge and into the river where I lived, which at the time was Arkansas. Wow. Talk about an, a powerful opening statement. Can I ask you a question? Just Absolutely. You know, listeners, please bear with me. Are you a speaker or have you ever considered becoming a speaker, a keynote speaker or a speaker? I, it, I, I feel it. I haven't got grown into that yet, but let me just let you know that I'm a speaking coach. Okay. And what more powerful opening, like literally you would not hear a pin drop mm -hmm. the next time if we work together and you open your talk with that. When I was six months old, my father jumped off the bridge into the river where I lived. Like literally, you can't hear a pin drop. Everybody will be like, you think, you think so? I do, I do. Because for me to go from there to here now is, I am divinely guided. Man, we need to sign you up for, for uh, how about this? We need to sign you for one free coaching session and we'll see if you like it. And then we'll talk about it later. Hey, you know what, guys? Don't even blame me. I'm an entrepreneur, okay? <laughs> That's what I do. I help people. I love it. Motivate them to, you know, get to that place where they never thought they would go. So after, so the interesting thing about my dad dying at six months was that because I'm Black and because I was being raised in the South, there wasn't a lot of candid conversation about what happened to him. And so I was probably seven or eight when I found out what happened to him. And it was by reading a newspaper article and a photo album that we had. You know what, you know, I know you already kind of started, but do you know that you said because you grew up in the South and there were no candid conversations. Honey, there's still no candid conversations. That's why we're here today. Absolutely. About that. Absolutely. That how you found out about your father. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that it was always kind of talked around, but it was never said that he died by suicide or he killed himself. And to this day, I don't know where his pain was. I don't know if it was his family history. His family lineage was very chaotic and difficult. Um, I do know that my grandmother, she endured trauma at an early age. She was married to an older man at the age of 13 and started bearing children. Um, I was able to learn as an adult that 
she was pregnant 21 times and she gave birth to 14 children. And so where I am now with that knowledge, I can't imagine how many things were missing from his childhood. Oh my God. Let me tell you something. Every time I do this, I think I've heard it all. Hmm. Ironically, I'm working on a book called Girl Child Interrupted. And your grandmother is the face of my book. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that piece. Because that tells me I should go ahead and do, I'm finished and, and just get that book out. Absolutely. It's needed. Child marriage. Oh, man. Are you for real? This is like not even 50 years ago. Yes. Is she still alive, your grandmother? No, she passed um, probably about 15 years ago. 15, mm. yeah, 15 ish years ago. Um, she survived her child's suicide. That's such a painful thing. Yes. Just that in on its own. Is that what they say? Yes. Such a painful journey already. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And so what what was even more interesting to me about all of that, which I didn't know as a child. So I was just in this place of, you know, why didn't I have my father? Um, but as I got older, I was able to heal that piece because I learned more information. Um the, the thing about it was that I didn't learn this information until after my older brother also died by suicide. What? Yes. <clears throat> so in my dad's date of death was sometime in June of 1989. And my brother died in October of 2012. How old was your brother? My brother at the time was 27. And he was three and a half years older than me. Oh, how how did you... You know, my wife's brother died by suicide. And I don't know that they talk about it or not because we're Africans and it's just, you think you guys don't talk about it in Arkansas, honey? Mm -hmm. um, and she won't even come on my podcast. Mm. It's just, I mean, she's told me everything about it and I know the story, but she won't come on my, she's like, no, ask my sister, the big sister, let her talk about it. She's a doctor and all that. You know what I mean? Like she just, yeah. no, I want to. Well, there's, there's so much shame associated with it. There's so much guilt associated with it. There's so much questioning, you know, what could have I have done differently? What should I have seen? What should I have known to help this person that is literally one of the closest people to me? how could I not know is a lot of what I experienced. And I imagine that other people experienced that too. Yes. 
Definitely. There's no question in my mind that a lot of people, and you know, the funny thing, your son, I mean, no, your son, your brother was a classic case of what they call a suicide loss survivor, which I know you know this, but they have the highest rate of suicide. Because yes. Of, so that means you yourself are at risk. I am. I mean, how, how have you, how has your life been, which is double trauma? Have you had dealings or runnings with depression, suicidal ideation or anything like that? So when I was in middle school, I did struggle. I struggled with um, some suicidal ideation. Um, I struggled with a suicide attempt that wasn't Well, that was, I had the desire to die, but I did not use a lethal means. So I didn't use anything that would actually kill me. But I, in that moment, desired to no longer be here. And what was, Um, what was the trick? What was the triggering circumstance? Because usually if there's a trigger. Um, you know, I, I can't remember at this time. I I can't remember the circumstances, but if I take myself into those feelings, into the emotions of it, I know that I felt very alone during that time. I know that I felt very um, unworthy and unlovable during that time. And I felt awkward. Um, because I mean, we weren't the most financially rich. My mom was a single mom raising two kids to the best of her abilities, um, which meant that she had to work three jobs at times. Um, there was a decent little age gap between me and my brother, plus the gender difference. And so with it just being me and him, I was very, very lonely at times. And now you're basically an only child. I don't even want to, I forgot to even ask about your mother who survived not only a spouse, but also, oh my, I want to I hug your mom right now, like so tight. How is she doing? You know, I swear she has superpowers. I don't know how she... I I take that back. She doesn't deal. And that is both protective to her and impactful to her. It's detrimental to her because. She's very good at compartment. And it's like, it's in this box over here. We're just going to leave that alone. Yes. Wow. Have you ever tried to have a conversation with your mother about this? You know, I haven't been that brave yet. I haven't had the courage to open that wound for her because I know that it will require her letting someone else hold the space for her to heal that. Wow. So since, you know, obviously your mom is not the guest, but how have you... I almost feel like you should just stop and just just, for, just uh, two minutes of silence for your dad and your brother and you and everyone else. 
And before we continue, because that's just, it's a lot for me. And I have heard a few, I've heard a few, I've heard every combination. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a minute of silence. Um, hold on one second. I have to. Oh goodness. Let me, let me get my timer. Uh, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot for me. Is that okay? Can we do that? Absolutely, absolutely. What is that now? Thank you so much. That was one minute. I choose to do one minute these days, or I chose to do one minute just now, because in the past, most people have heard, everybody has heard that every 40 seconds we have a suicide. That was as at, up until 2019. 2019, the WHO now predicted that by the year 2020, there's going to be one suicide every 20 seconds. And so I combine 20 seconds and 40 seconds to get a minute. Hmm. The truth is, it's probably much, much less than every 20 seconds. The great 2020 has been. Yes. But I, I think I'm going to stick with a minute because it's just, it's, it's, a, lot. it's a lot. How is, hmm. okay, let's go back to how you were raised. And I know we didn't, y'all didn't talk about it, but as far as just being raised without your father, what kind of inclination did you have to how your father died? You know, for a very long time, I really just thought that my dad was like in the military or that he'd, like been sick I just didn't know and so I made up these stories in my head about what could have happened to him um and if I'm honest when I first read the story I was stuck in this place of fantasy where I wanted to believe that maybe he didn't die that day Maybe he just, it was too much and he wanted to start a new life. Mm. And I know that that now I am accepting that he is actually gone, but it took a very long time. I am about to be, um, I'm about to be 32 and this process probably did not start coming to this place until honestly after 27. Wow. 
That is amazing. That is amazing. And then your brother took off the scab or basically cut the artery with his. Absolutely. A little bit about your brother. Um, so my brother was the only boy in our family, obviously. Um, he was such a very gentle soul. He was a Taurus for those that are into astrology. Um, and so, <laughs> and so he was, um, very determined, but he was also navigating this world without any guidance. Yes. He was a black male in the South in. That's all. That's really, that's right there. Right. That's right. That's, and you know, and, and you, you probably know this and I don't know who's listening to this, but many people do not know that African-Americans, especially African-American males have a very, very high rate of suicide. No one is talking about it. No one is tallying it. We don't know the numbers, but as luck will have it, we have numbers in African-American children, which is mm. five, age five to 12 are twice as likely as their white counterparts to die by suicide. We have that statistic. We don't have stats in black men, but if you toss in one word, racism, yes. that's all we need. That's all she wrote. Yes. And your poor brother trying to navigate this life without his father, literally tiptoeing around the story about how he died because how old he was three and some change. So he knew your dad. Yes. Yes. One day he knew him, the next day he didn't. You didn't know your dad. I mean, you were six months old. Right. And you don't know the person, but your brother knew you. Was he the same father? I'm, I'm asking. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. And, and, you know, I think that's a big reason why the impact on him was a little different than it was for me, because I'm not going to say that we weren't both impacted, but his was on a deeper level and I wasn't educated at the time enough to know or understand what that was and how that was. Wow. And almost because I had another guest recently who said and they're from Trinidad and Tobago and to this moment her mother won't even discuss the how. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she died. And then her father died within a year or so of her aunt's death, which is double trauma for her mother. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to talk about that. And as a licensed clinical social worker, coming to the work that you do, you're basically a therapist in a way also. Absolutely. How do you, are you even able to build a bridge between your story, which is real, and your client's stories? And how do you show up 100% to help them, which is what you're doing? Yes. Well, you. You're a hero in my book. You are a hero. Oh, my God. I don't know if you know that, but you are. Thank you. 
The story is so inspiring to have. I mean, everybody has a story, but let's face it, some stories are more gangster than others. <laughs> so how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How are you able to work? You know, when I first got into this work, I thought that I was going to be just fine. That, you know, my stuff was my stuff and I could put it over here in the box and that their stuff was going to be their stuff, right? And it was like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, like, (laughs) you got me so messed up. That is not how it's going to work, right? And so, um, like, real fast. (laughs) Really fast. Life was like, no, ma'am, let me get you all the way together. And and so that um, came up one year, probably around three or four years after my brother's death. I had a client who happened to be actively suicidal on the date of the anniversary of his death. And in that moment, Mm. I just sat with the client. I was not focused on myself. Um, I was not focused on trying to give off the energy that he, that she would meet the same ending as my brother did. And I was just present with her in her pain. And what I did not know at the time was how much of a toll that took on me. And so as I grew in my career, I set a boundary not to work with that level of client intentionally wow. because I want, I, I, I never want to lose a person, even though I'm very much grounded in the fact that you know, something else, someone else has the ultimate control. I don't want to feel as though I was inadequate in yes. some way. Yes. Yes. And you know, recently my, my life coach told me that she said, you know what, it's your life. It's your rules. You know, give yourself permission to not do X or not do Y if you don't want to do it. You know? Right. And I had to say, you know, you're right. I, I get to choose and I get to honor myself and my purpose by saying, you know, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. And that's okay. Or if I choose to change my mind, that's okay too. Absolutely. You know, what a powerful way to look at it. Yeah. Being, being intentional and being present. First with yourself, which is why the quote on your Facebook page is so amazing. You know, I found someone else that I love and it's me or something like that, which is just amazing. Wow. Ah, girl, <laughs> the award of most compelling story of a guest so far. Thank you. And one other doctor that I had whose grandfather was molesting her for like so many years from when she was like six to when she was like, I don't know, 16. Mm. And she died and she didn't want to go to the funeral. And was like, oh, you know, you're not the only one. Like what? What do you mean? I'm not the only one. How is this okay in this family? Like, what is right? 
So that being said, Black people, what do you, what do you have to say to Black people who just don't want to talk about this like this? You know, find a safe space. Find someone that is willing to hold space for these things because when we carry them and when we carry them, especially in darkness, it only consumes us. The person who impacted us is going about their business. Hello. They are living their best life. Hmm. We are struggling and that's not okay. Not okay. So by finding a safe space where, I guess, where family member, therapist, friend. Whatever, whatever what? that looks like. Yeah. Some, for some people, that's a family member. That's a grandparent or an aunt or a parent. For some people, that's the family that we choose, which is in our friendships and relation, deeper relationships. And for some, we don't have the understanding of what of have we don't have the experience of having safe people like that in our lives. And so that might look like the therapeutic space. So I guess the, the natural question for me, for you, will then be who is that person for you? Who who and where was your safe space or where is your safe space? You know, I will say that my safe space has been within me. I was able to, um, once I was able to acknowledge what my lineage was, what my family's experiences had been, and couple that with letting go of these social expectations of normalcy, Hmm. then I was able to just, I was just able to be free in a way that I had never experienced. And it was, it was a process. It involved so many tears and so much time away from people. But unlike when I was in middle school, it was never a loneliness during that time. Mm. I felt very protected and supported. And I am a very spiritual person. And so I like to say that my, my people were with me. They just needed to be acknowledged. They needed to be honored. They needed to say, you know, this is why, this is how I died, but why did I die? what things contributed to me dying and how as being here, can I support other people and not maybe having that same fate? Wow. So there are two more questions that I have for you. Number one is, has your work as a licensed clinical social worker, has that been healing for you? Absolutely. You know, I don't, I can't think of anything that I would rather do than hold space with people, with Black people who have been told and shown and given messages 
that they don't matter. Hmm. I don't know if you can see my t-shirt. I've got my Nigerian Lives Matter t-shirt. Yes. Because honey, we, that's, you know, that's one thing that I, you know, with the recent happenings in Nigeria, I was like, wait, wait, wait. When you say Black Lives Matter, do African Blacks, are they in that space? You know, are they in that space with Black Lives Matter? Are we... Yes. You know, what's what's going on? So my wife makes these t-shirts and she made this one for me. I was like, I'm gonna wear. She's like, you wore it. She said, yes, honey, I wore it. I'm wearing it everywhere that I go. I'm wearing it. Yes, wearing it. And the second question was, I mean, so that's a very good. Well, before I even go there, that's a very good thing that you said. Just being able to hold space for people who otherwise can't find the space because you are about finding a safe space, and you are. And if you can't find one, come on, I will give you said space. You've mentioned loneliness multiple times today. And as a, as a former Lieutenant Colonel and Commander in the US Air Force, I know that a lot of our boys and girls who attempt suicide or die by suicide, their suicide notes reflect the word loneliness, either verbatim or just you know, implied. So how is what are you doing with your, with your loneliness factor these days, these days and um, how is all that going? You know, I feel like once I took the scab off, Mm. I was able to have a different understanding of my worthiness Mm -hmm. and have a different understanding of how I am lovable. And that completely shifted from loneliness to solitude and I really love solitude I love being with myself in quiet now but before I didn't realize that they were two sides of the same coin That's amazing. So that is actually when is it loneliness and when is it solitude? So I almost want to say the one is intentional. That's yes. the intentionality of that. That's how it feels for me. That's so that's one of the most powerful things I've I've heard in, in my 53 years of life. I love that. When is when is when is it loneliness and when is it solitude? One of them, because my wife is an introvert and she's very, very happy with herself 24-7. And the birds and the dog. That's it. Yes. Very happy. And every now and again we see her. Like the spacing of the blue moon, and like, oh yeah, it's just you know. And then sometimes, you know, she wants to just hang out, and that's okay too. But I'm not that kind of person. But I've learned to just say, you know what, hold space for her when she wants to be. And then, and then from time to time, as I've gotten older, I realize that sometimes too, I just want to be by myself. It's not very many times, but also sometimes too, I want to just be by myself. It's not very many times, and that's okay too. Absolutely. And then one other thing you mentioned was acknowledging. This, the trauma and acknowledging who you are, AKA move the scalp, whatever, however you wanted to phrase it. And that's one of the things I talk about when people, you know, the three things I say is acknowledge the thoughts because a lot of times we don't, we want to push the thought away. We want to push, 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 allow that thought to come and just let it just hang out for a while. And then, you know, analyze the thoughts. I mean, what does this really mean? What is this trying to tell me? Exactly. You're able to free yourself once you acknowledge, acknowledgement led to your freedom. And then the third A is act now based on analysis and what you found. And that's what you did. You now found freedom 
and solitude. And that's, you know, it's okay. It's also okay. Wow, that has been so powerful. Before we close, I want to ask you two good questions. First of all, where can the, well, first of all, do you have anything else to add to, to what you've told us so far? I think that's, that's a fair question. Um, I don't think I have anything else, but I, I just thank you for this platform and for this voice for people and Black people. Like, let us, let us find a way to overcome the secrets that we are so conditioned with. We're going to snap on that. We're going to snap. So that's <laughs> awesome. And then just going back a little bit into, into the content of the podcast, I almost want to say, it, you almost want to say, would it be nice to maybe bring your mom into now what you know now? Because you're the only two that are left in your family. Of course, you have children. Right. She probably spoils the heck out of her grands. But wouldn't it be nifty if you could you know, introduce this to your mom. Now that you've been able to talk about it, I don't know if this is your first time, I don't know anything about you, but I wonder if, you know, being that this podcast is going to be out now, not that she's going to listen or there's fear, but wouldn't it be nice if you could just try to do what you've done to yourself so well, try to give that gift to your mother. Wouldn't that be nice? Yes. Yes. And I will actually be down there in a few weeks. Um, she lives in Arkansas still, and I am currently in Missouri. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I'll be I'll be down there in a few weeks and it might be a great opportunity to just have some of that healing conversation. And, I, and there's no question that it's going to be a painful episode. And she may also want to stay closed then you know you have to hold space for that Absolutely. but that you do this already for a living and you seem to i mean at least for those of us listening have captured the essence of that freedom and you you're living it out loud so to say yes. if you could give that gift to your mom and just release and let go if it means something symbolic, like maybe balloons, maybe, or write a journal, I don't know. Well, it's really interesting because we'd, um, my brother was cremated. And so we have his ashes. His ashes have been with her for the whole eight years. And um, there's a, a mountain in Arkansas yeah. that I want to climb together as a family and um, release some of his ashes as a way of just, he loved that space. He loved nature and just as a way of honoring him and releasing some of that. I mean, the pain is never really going to go away. I just have become friends with it. It's my companion. <laughs> Well, yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. The pain doesn't go away, but you can transform the pain. Absolutely. Formed into, I don't know, a garden of flowers. Absolutely. Form into a book, a speaking engagement. Are you kidding me, honey? And we're going to talk about that, girl. <laughs> but that is such a beautiful, I can just in my mind's eye, I'm just looking at it. And that would be so nice. Maybe the trek up the mountain and your mom can just talk about the most of it that she wants to talk about. Yes. Or just even just 
ask in each other's silence. I mean, that's another thing, but I do know because I'm a pediatrician that works with suicidal youth, that talk therapy is real. And so I think your mother would, it would definitely help. I know it won't, it won't hinder. I know it will help. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I agree. I have to keep you updated. Oh, honey. You know, <laughs> let me tell you something. I've had a lot of my guests come back for a follow-up. Just like you said, see how did it go? Yes. Or just come back because we didn't get done with 50 years of whatever they had to talk about. Yes. Nice if you could do that. I would love to. Wow. So where can the listeners find you? I just love your energy. Oh my goodness, you're just amazing. You're an amazing soul. I don't know if you know that. You really touch it. Maybe also because I was in a place of vulnerability when we first met this morning, but it really puts a nice blanket over that for me. I just want you to know that. Thank I'm, you. Let's get, get a piece of that, you know, the energy just released for us this morning. Thank you. Um, so I have a private practice in Missouri, so I'm able to practice. It's online, so I'm able to serve anyone in the state of Missouri. Um, my target is Black people, um, just because we haven't traditionally had space held for us. Um, and so my website is www dot spectrum of healing llc dot com wow. and that that wow. has all of my stuff <laughs> spectrum of healing I am I have been healed by you this morning I have mm. to I love I, I felt it I felt it thank you for your quiet strength I love that it's been amazing I'm not like that I'm just not like my energy is loud and sometimes obnoxious. And I mean, it, it's what it is. It's okay. We balance each other. <laughs> I know, but we are, you know, and I usually use my, my fingers to explain why, you know, we all, all of us cannot be thumbs. That not Absolutely. Be pinkies. And we're all united colors of energy, what I like to say. So spectrum of healing is such a worthy name. I know you put a lot of thought into that. It, it, it came to me. I had all of these other names and it never felt right. And then when I got there, I was like, this feels right. Wow. How powerful. So we should just go to spectrum of healing. What about on the social media? Are you, you know, you have like an Instagram or. Yes, I am on Instagram. M O healing 2020 Mo healing 2020 and on Facebook. I know, girl, because 2020 has been like, what just happened? <laughs> but you know, into 2022, if it was possible, <laughs> I tell you. Even though 2020 has been a doozy, mm. it has been <laughs> so growthful for me. Yes. I don't think I would have been able to do this podcast without breaking down mm. previous to 2020. Amen. Amen. Wow. I'm just glad. And I know the listeners are happy that you came and you showed up and you literally showed out in a <laughs> way because we need to talk. We need to heal. We've been needing to heal. And Absolutely. And it's just like amazing. 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming and gracing our pages today. So y'all have heard she's an IG Mo Healing 2020, and that's it, right? Yep. Just at Mo Healing, M O the word Healing 2020. Everybody knows how to say that. <laughs> and then SpectrumHealingLLC.com is where she hangs out as far as in the virtual space. And her name is Stephanie Barbie. And she has come here today and just is hang, hanging out with us. And I'm just so appreciated. So my name is Dr. Lulu, AKA the Momatrician. Y'all check her out, will you? And if you wanna talk to somebody, if you need some coaching, if you're a parent and you yell at your kids, calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and let's talk, okay? Otherwise, if you just, you know, one of those people just, you're overwhelmed, you're undecided, you don't know which way to go, whether it's business or family or romance or relationship, I can take a, I can dabble in that also. So holla at your girl. My name is Dr. Lulu and I'll see you guys on another episode. Deuces. Bye. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Lulu. I just wanted to take a moment to wish you guys a very, very, very happy holidays. I know some say Merry Christmas, some say Happy Holidays. Don't judge me, right? I'm going to go with Happy Holidays because I want to summarize the Christmas as well as the New Year's. But more importantly, I wanted to say if you can hear my voice, if you can hear my voice today, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, I want you to take a moment to look up into the sky and just offer thanks. It has been a very trying year. It's been a crazy year. There's been a lot of loss, too much loss. But even in all of the clouds, there's still a silver lining. The silver lining is that you are here today, living, breathing, and able to hear my voice. So for that, let us give thanks. Let us hold space for each other whole space for ourselves and just say thank you. So this episode drops on the day before Christmas. I want to say thank you for everything, for the blessings of listening to me all year long. I could not ask for a better, more loyal audience, but you guys have been there for me through thick and thin. When I'm crying and when I'm happy, when I'm sad and when I'm jumpy, when I'm energetic and when I'm not, Thank you all so much. So if you're listening to me and you are a woman and you are an immigrant in a country where you live, I want you to send me an email to askdrlulu at gmail.com. I am publishing, putting together an anthology and going to publish it in the first quarter of next year, an anthology of women immigrants. I want us to share our stories to share our love and our journeys and our adventures and the ups and downs of how we found ourselves where we are today. So if you are a woman and you can hear my voice and you're an immigrant, or if you know a woman who fits that bill, send me an email, tell me who they are and I'll contact them or have them contact me. I'm working on an anthology. It is so exciting. Finally, we're going to get something good that we can hold on to out of this year that has been so crazy. Again, I want to wish you and your family and everyone who's dear to you and those who are not a very happy and safe holidays. Remember, 
You are not stuck at home. You are safe at home. Bye. Hey, are you stuck in indecision? Is there something you've been wanting to do, but are having a hard time deciding how to go about it? Maybe you wanted to write a book, you're having issues with your relationship, your kids, money. Maybe you want to quit your job, but you don't know how to go about it. Hmm, you might need a life coach. Believe it or not, I just launched my life coaching business this year, and I'm open to accept clients, and we're having free consults. So go to calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu. That's calendly.com forward slash Dr. Lulu and grab yourself a free 45-minute session and I'll see you on the inside.